What's better than one John? Here's Johnny. Hmm, nobody really knows. That's why we put two of them together. This is Kenzano and Wilner, AKA John and John. Welcome everybody to a holiday week episode. Kenzano and Wilner, the podcast. Hoping everyone out there, all our listeners, have a great, safe, happy holiday week. Guess we could start with things you're thankful for. Uh, how, what do you think about that? Sound good? Yeah, let's start that all way. Right. I love that. I mean, I could start with a few things that are incidental, like I'm very thankful for caffeine, <laughs> especially the last year and a half. I'm, I'm also thankful. I don't know how you feel about this. I am thankful for falling back with the clock, right? That extra hour of sleep on that first Sunday morning of November is just gold. And I once had an idea. What if the government could arrange that we fell back like every Saturday night? And then you go, <laughs> then you leap forward, say like Wednesday night, because you could afford to lose an hour of sleep Wednesday night to Thursday morning because you only got two days until the weekend. I mean, that would that's something that I have thought about in the past because, man, that hour of sleep is gold. What about you? I'm thankful for you bringing stuff like that up that I've never thought about. <laughs> so I am. No, I'm honestly, I'm thankful for you in this podcast. I, I've had a lot of fun doing this and will continue to do it. And uh, I just I think the world of you, John Wilner, I think, you know, people who followed your work for years know that you're breaking stories and and, uh, you know, telling all the important stories and the backstory of everything that's important as it pertains to the Pac-12 and college football. And it's been uh, an honor to be here with you. I'm, I'm thankful for now my- Now I feel bad that I, now I no, feel bad that I was kind of okay. flippant. I should have, I should okay. have thanked you. you, you but I feel the same way. And this, <laughs> this podcast has been fantastic experience for me. And I appreciate everything you've done to make it work and, and all, all of your work. And uh, hopefully we have helped the listeners navigate this last, what, year and a half of craziness because it's been some kind of ride, but I am very, very thankful for your friendship and, yeah. and your partnership. You don't have to reciprocate, man. I was just, you know, I'm offering it, you know, free, free will over here. And I just, I just, uh, am grateful to, there's nobody else I'd rather do this podcast with. So I thankful for that. I'm thankful for my family, keeping my, yep. keeping my ego in check, my three daughters, uh, especially my wife, who is, uh, my fa a fantastic editor and uh, executive editor at johnconsano.com, who is uh, often giving me ideas and uh, correcting uh, things and uh, making me better. Um, and the, she's I, the brains behind the she's operation. She's the brains, man. I'm just I'm down there shoveling coal. But I I think too uh, I'm thankful for this season. I've kind of approached it like it's the final season of Game of Thrones or Sopranos or. You know, if you're a Harry Potter fan, the final book in the Harry Potter series or, you know, where you're savoring every page, every episode. I've tried to walk around some Pac-12 stadiums this season. And I remember the very first game of the season. I was in Salt Lake City for Utah and Florida. And I just took a stroll. I took a lap around Rice Stadium. And I wasn't looking at the field. I was looking at the fans. And I was thinking, you know, this is going to be a big 12 stadium in, in a year. And I've done that at different points this season in, in Boulder um, certainly, uh, certainly with, uh, the Husky stadium thinking, you know, this is, it's going to be in a different conference and Autzen stadium and research stadium and a whole bunch of other places. So I, I, uh, I'm just thankful for this season. It's been a fantastic ride and we are, we're at like, you know, I don't look at this as like 
ending right now because I think we've got a huge week of football this week, then conference championship game, and still some lingering questions about the Pac-2's lawsuit and what comes next and coaching changes and you know, we'll obviously spin right out of this. Um, and, you know, I, I plug johnconzano.com. I'm thankful for the readers who have been reading me. And I know you, Wilner, uh, with Pac12Hotline.com, feel the same way about your readers. Absolutely. Couldn't do it. With, wouldn't be possible without them. Their loyalty and support all these years would not be possible at all. And, yeah, you're right. It's been a, it's been a uh, bizarre season, right? And I was thinking – the Pac-12 has actually been through something like this before, right? I mean, it there was a conference that broke apart in like 1958-59 and then it reformed with, you know, uh you know, California schools were kind of at the heart of it, but it reformed at, there was a huge scandal, it broke our uh, broke apart, the Pacific Coast Conference shattered, reformed a year or two later, they ad- ended up adding schools here and there and Eventually, you got to the Pac-12, and it does make me wonder kind of what we're in store for, right? Because it's clear that Washington, Washington Washington, State and Oregon State, you know, they want to keep that Pac-12 name. They think there's value in the Pac-12 name, and they're going to, it seems like, compete as a two-team conference the next couple of years, and then who knows? So, I mean, you know, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, we have no idea what this thing is going to look like, right? Uh, but it is, uh, there was a, a big step I thought this week, you know, with the announcement or Sunday, I guess it was with the announcement, the Apple cup's going to continue. And I know you've been all over the situation with the civil war. Can we call it the civil war? I yeah. still am not sure. It's the civil war. I checked with a civil war expert nationally, the guy that at Uni- university of New Hampshire, who's like the expert on the civil war. And I said to him, you know, what do you think about Oregon and Oregon state? saying, you know, that it was a war fought to perpetuate slavery. And he said, you know, that's a way a gross oversimplification. And then he went way down the rabbit hole of saying, you know, you could argue that it was a war that was fought to end slavery. And you could argue that um, there were so many other, um, you know, common sense reasons that it, it literally is, you know, the American Civil War is not the only civil war that has been fought. And he said, I don't think unless the players and the coaches and the cheerleaders are showing up, dressed in Confederate uniforms and Union uniforms. He said, I don't have a problem with it. Um, and I, I, f- I found it interesting. I think nationally and regionally, I have noticed this year that people are calling it the Civil War again. And the fans never stopped calling it the Civil War. So I think we can do that, Wilner. I think we'll do that with a clear conscience here. Where, where does it stand, right? The Apple Cup is going to be played for, you know, they signed a deal, five-year deal starting next year at, at uh, Lumen Field, the Seahawks home and then it's going to be home and home Pullman and, and Husky stadium. Where, where does the civil war stand at this point? Well, here's what happened. I think Oregon state and Oregon were talking as Washington and Washington state were talking in the run up to their apple cup announcement. I do think that puts some additional pressure on the ducks and the beavers because they would like to continue to play each other. And they have circled that same September 14th date on the calendar. And I'm being told that that is the only date that both schools are willing to play the game. And from Oregon's standpoint, Oregon already has a non-conference game scheduled against Boise State on that day. And then the Ducks are supposed to go to Boise in 2025 in in a non-conference game. And so Oregon is saying, hey, uh, Boise State, we would like to either buy out of those games or trade those games or find a creative solution or move them back to, you know, 2035, 2036, do something to get out of those two games and and play Oregon State instead. And because the 
Big Ten Conference plays nine conference games, it means every other year Oregon is going to play only one non-conference road game. And they would like that game to be at Reeser Stadium. So if you think about it, they would only be traveling uh, every year no further than Corvallis to play a non-conference game. So they'd get one at home, one on the road. So Boise State to this point seems receptive. I know that they talked on Monday this week. They talked again on Tuesday of this week. There's some creative discussions going on. I believe Oregon asked if uh, Boise would rather have Texas Tech visit than them, and they were willing to do a swap. Um, And I think that, you know, is being met with mixed reviews. And I think that Oregon also asked Boise State if they would be willing to take an additional game against Washington State. Because remember, the proposal from the Mountain West has all the members playing either Oregon State or Washington State in a given year. So I guess the idea was to have Boise State go uh, and play Washington State in consecutive years, add an extra Mountain West game. Boise State didn't seem receptive to that. That's where we are. But it may just be that Oregon ends up buying out of that game and playing Oregon State. I think there's a lot of incentive there from Oregon's standpoint. Obviously, there's a travel advantage. From Oregon State's standpoint, let's face it, same as Washington State, it gets you a Power Four conference opponent that's willing to come to your stadium and saves you on travel. And we haven't really talked about this, Wilner, but Oregon State and Washington State are going to need valuable home games to sell to a potential media rights partner because they're basically going to go a la carte to Fox and ESPN in the next two years and say, hey, here's our home games. What will you pay us for them? And playing the Ducks or playing the Huskies, that's valuable to Fox, to ESPN, to Apple, to whoever is going to buy those games. Oh, absolutely. Those games always rate well. And that that's one of the unknown pieces to this is the is the media deal. You know, everything is kind of on hold as the court situation plays out. I think we're going to have clarity. Certainly, we're going to know something by December 4th. That's the date the court, the Washington Supreme Court agreed to decide if they're going to review the case or not. So my hunch is uh, next week, maybe late next week. Uh, right before the actual championship game, for instance, we should have uh, a lot more clarity on on what's going to happen. But I, it seems to me like, regardless of the court ruling, the the winds are are blowing in the direction of the of the two team conference next summer, uh, and probably the summer, uh, the, probably you know twenty twenty five as well. It just seems like. They've gotten approval from the NCAA, and that just makes the most sense. So that will be fascinating, right? We talk about what's going to happen. That that two-team conference is going to be fascinating to see what happens to that thing and where it grows or what direction it takes. Yeah, and I think that if you are Oregon State and Washington State, you're going to play you know, conceivably this Mountain West Conference-heavy schedule. You still have your non-conference games, and that, for Oregon State, that includes a home game against Purdue. But adding in Washington and Washington State uh, seems super interesting. I, and I think Oregon State and Washington State both feel that this is a plan that can work in the short term. Jonathan Smith, the Oregon State coach, said that you know he, he thought they would continue to fund as a Power Five, seems to be on board with what they're pitching. I think that's a, uh, a, big, uh, a big and an important thing. And the, as far as the December 4th date for the appeals court in, or the Supreme Court in Washington, it, it struck me in reading the language of that that uh, ruling that December 4th is kind of the drop dead. I think they were kind of signaling to yep. the parties like, hey, 
get if you want to settle, you have like a week here to settle. Otherwise, I expect like you, I think they'll come in in front of December one and they'll issue their ruling. That makes that makes the most sense for sure. Um, we're going to have uh, playoff selections, but I was thinking about a different kind of ranking here. Yeah. Uh, before we get to our picks. All right. Here's my number one seed. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Chilean sea bass. <laughs> I love it. Number two, Dungeness crab. I'd probably go with Ling Cod as my uh, as my number three seed, and uh, sockeye salmon as number four. I think you know what I'm talking about. Pacific seafood, baby. There you go. This is there you uh, go. I'm not sure if uh, they're more blue blood than Cinderella story. If you're uh, if you're uh, yes. forecasting a a bracket, I mean three generations, family owned business, based in Oregon. Um, you can find their product assortment, their entire Pacific Seafood shop online at pacificseafood.com. Uh, of course, they're a sponsor of this show. I'm thankful for them. I was thinking about them, Wilner. I think this is a great Christmas gift. If you have a friend, a coworker, a boss, uh, if you're a boss and you want to reward your staff and you want to send them some Pacific Seafood, they will ship it all over, all over the continental United States the best of West Coast seafood. Share it with your friends, your family, your business partners this holiday season. Um, and and here's the bonus. Because this is a Pac-12-centric podcast, Pacific Seafood is going to offer you a promo code that gets you 12% online purchase. Uh, you go into the uh, Where to Buy uh, location of their website at PacificSeafood.com and use the promo code Kanzano and Wilner at checkout. Get 12% off your online purchase purchase and uh, it's Kanzano ampersand Wilner like Kanzano and Wilner there you go uh, at checkout gets you 12 percent off I want to thank Pacific Seafood I'm thankful for you guys uh, shout out to Pacific Absolutely. Seafood yep great way to support the podcast too third generation family-owned business based in Portland perfect for the holidays and beyond should we uh should we get to the picks here let's do it let's do it uh, waste no time here I mean, it's we're doing we're recording a little earlier than normal, so I have not had time to look into my crystal ball, but uh, we'll try to make it work. Taking the pressure off yourself here. Let's go. There you go. Let's, let's start with the uh, Civil War football game Friday. It's a Friday kickoff, five thirty, on Fox. Eight and three Oregon State at ten and one Oregon. Spread comes out. Oregon is minus thirteen and a half at home, where they are very good. And uh, Oregon State coming off a Lost to Washington, where they played really well. Probably, uh, you know, would love to have that game back. But uh, what do you see happening there in the Civil War? Well, the first thing I, I thought of is, the, when was the last time the Beavers won in Eugene? And it has been, do you know, it's been a long, I looked it up. It's been a long 2007, time. 2007, I think. Yeah, 16 years ago. Pete Carroll Dynasty was going on back then. Tom Hansen was the commissioner of the Pac-12. It's been a long time, and I do wonder, you know, that – so none of the none of the guys who play for Oregon State right now have ever won in Eugene. You do wonder about that. The bigger thing, though, to me is just the circumstances, right? Oregon – I mean, they shut it down at halftime last week at ASU. They were so far ahead. Got home. Not, you know, everybody's as healthy as you could ask for. Meanwhile, the Beavers are coming off, you know, uh, just a battle with Washington State – with Washington late – Physical, emotional, late Saturday. So now you got to turn around and you got a short week. 
I think the, this time of year, that stuff plays that it has an impact. And Oregon should be much fresher. Or, Oregon's faster, you know, under any circumstance, and they should be much, much fresher than Oregon State after after that game that the Beavers just had. Right? Wasn't that the opposite last year? I could swear didn't Oregon play Washington? the week before played Oregon State last year. And I remember Oregon came down. into that game. I think it was Utah that they played. They had played okay. Washington, then Utah in consecutive weeks. And because by Onyx being hurt, and then they had to kind of MacGyver their way through the Utah game. But, um, you know, Bo Nix wasn't right in that game last year. And, I, you know, he couldn't run for a yard when they needed it at the end. And, frankly, Oregon State just took the ball and hammered Oregon, and we all know Oregon State is a different team playing at Reeser Stadium than anywhere else, but Oregon yep. State hammered them. Um, I, I kind of think you're leaning Oregon, but what about the 13 and a half? It's a lot, but you know what? I like it better than 14, that's for sure. I am leaning Oregon. I, I could, you know, I, I see 35-21, something like that, 38-24. I think it could end up right at 14. Uh, so I am taking Oregon and, you know, not with tons of confidence, but you're right about Oregon State being a different team on the road, especially defensively. I think the Ducks are going to score. You certainly have the backdrop of the playoff, the Heisman, all that kind of thing. But push comes to shove. I think Oregon's better and and considerably fresher. And I, I'm leaning Ducks. There's such an emotional question in this game because Oregon State, if you play this game on August 10th, I think Oregon State would have been flying around the stadium angry about what happened to the Pac-12 conference, everything that had gone on. But I think so much time has passed now, and you talk about last week's emotional letdown. You're looking at an Oregon State team now that is not playing for a shot in the conference championship game. Oregon is. Oregon State's not playing for a berth in the playoff. Oregon is. Um, you know, Oregon's got the Heisman Trophy candidate. I like Oregon in this game. I like it because they're at home. This series, when it's at its best, flip-flops, home team wins. There was, a, there was a stretch from 1997 to 2005 where the home team won every single time. And we're in that pattern again, going back, you know, in the last four games, home team has won. It went Oregon, Oregon State, Oregon, Oregon State. This one's going to go to Oregon. I don't know about the 13-and-a-half. Oregon has burned me a few times with the backdoor cover, but I agree with you. I think there's just a uh, emotional component and a freshness to Oregon, and they are focused, I think, on the goal at task, and that is getting a rematch with Washington. And Oregon got knocked out of the conference championship game last year by Oregon State, losing that game. I think Oregon avenges at home this year. Next game, our first game on Saturday, we've got Colorado, 21.5-point underdog at Utah. That is a Pac-12 Networks game at noon. Colorado... Uh, has not won. You remember the last time they won? October 7th. Oof. They pulled it out at ASU 27-24. I mean, that was tight all the way. Colorado has not won in basically six weeks. Keeping receipts, are you? Like, I think that, <laughs> I think the question to me here is Utah wins this game. I think Utah wins. But can that Utah team that's battered and beat up cover 21 and a half against anybody right now? And I... I am a big believer in that coaching staff at Utah and the players at Utah. I think they win this game. They're at home. But I just I it's such a crapshoot right now. You know, what what Colorado team's gonna show up? Is Shador Sanders, what do you have any info on his health? Like do we know? I don't. Yeah. I don't. I know 
Dion said he's not feeling well and he's day to day. And uh, I'd be day to day too if I had been sacked 716 times this season. <laughs> so, uh, I, yeah, I, but I also just don't know what's Colorado got left. They don't have much left. So, uh, that is a lot of points, especially given that Utah is playing second stringers. I don't know, all, everywhere, basically. The Utah's got the all-time all-injury team, right? This, they would be one of the best teams in the country with the guys that aren't playing. But I still think, uh, you know, it'll be wild there. I, I got Utah to cover that, even though it's a pretty big number. I'll take, uh, I'll take Utah to win, and I'll, I'll reluctantly take Colorado in 21-and-a-half to be different on that front. I, just, I don't have a feel for that game, I'm not going to lie. Uh, Arizona, Arizona State, 1230 ESPN. The uh, Wildcats, who have been playing terrific, are a 10.5-point favorite in that game. I think Arizona wins it. Um, I do think there's an element to Friday's game. If the Ducks uh, you know, win on Friday, they are in against Washington in the Pac-12 championship game. It may take some of the enthusiasm out of Arizona's effort, but I think Arizona's too good for Arizona State. I do think that game in Tempe will be closer than the 10.5, though, Wilner. So I'll take Arizona State in 10.5 against a really good Arizona team. It almost cries out for two spreads. Yeah. You know, the the spread, if if Oregon wins and Arizona can't get to the Pac-12 championship game, and then the spread if Oregon loses and the Wildcats are taking the field on Saturday with, with the, the chance to get to Las Vegas – uh, but certainly Arizona is better. ASU's beaten up as much as Kenny Dillingham has done with the roster he's got and as creative as he's been. It is hard to see ASU keeping up with with Arizona the way the Wildcats are playing. And I, I think about two years ago, they, these teams played in Tempe two years ago. ASU was a 20-point favorite. Wow. And now here comes Arizona favored by double digits. It's an incredible swing between the two programs. Three years ago, ASU won in Tucson 70-7. to just an amazing swing in the fortunes of the two programs. Uh, Jed Fish done a great job in Tucson. And, and you know, we've talked about ASU's, the management of the Herm Edwards situation. So um, I am going to take Arizona to cover regardless of what happens in the Oregon game. I, I think they've got too much on the, on the lines of scrimmage, but I could see it being close, especially, especially if the cats don't have a path into Las Vegas. Apple Cup, 1 o'clock on Fox. Washington State is at Washington. Undefeated Huskies. Can I just take a second here to, um, you know, I was at that Washington-Oregon State game. Washington knows how to win. Jonathan Smith said it after the game. He said it's no fluke that they're sitting there undefeated. Michael Penix Jr., Andunze, um, uh, Roma Dunze, uh, just fantastic how they utilize him. I thought Washington answered every question that Oregon State proposed to them and it was a really good game but you got to give Washington credit they are they are on the doorstep of doing something nobody's done in the Pac-12 era they're they're about to run the table and I think they will beat Washington State at home where they're a 16 and a half point favorite and I think they will cover the 16 and a half unless Washington State suddenly d- discovers its mojo I don't know uh, where do you stand on that well we did see a little bit of life from the Cougars last week against Colorado, right? They put up 56 points. It was more like the Washington State team we had seen in September, right? Cam Ward confident on offense, the defense flying around. 
So I watched that and I and for the first time in weeks, I thought, well, maybe there's a chance the Apple Cup will be competitive, right? Because if Washington State shows up and plays like that, they got a chance to make it a game in the fourth quarter. Uh, but still, I Washington's so hard, so hard to beat at home. And and I agree with you about the knowing how to win. Their defense, you know, as much talk as there is about the offense, right? The defense has done a great job in their big games in the fourth quarter, especially right. Fourth quarter against Oregon, fourth quarter against SC, Utah, uh, Oregon state that the defense has gotten stops when it needs to. And I think that they'll do the same thing in the apple cup. I actually, I'm going to take the Huskies to cover that 16 and a half. I I don't think uh, over four quarters, the Cougars can, can keep, keep up with them. And I, I think that comes down to it too. There's also, you know, some question about, Washington needs to do a little bit of lobbying publicly for the college football playoff ranking world, and I don't think they can afford to have that be a close game. I think they will play with a lot of incentive and motivation. Yeah, that could be. That's a good point. Then we got um, a weird a weird one in one regard. Stanford-Notre Dame, right? Four o'clock on the Pac-12 networks. Notre Dame is favored by 25, right? Stanford's not any good. It's this game on the Pac-12 networks. This is the kind of game the Pac-12 networks needed to generate audience years ago, right? And so here we are, you know, the last week of this season, and finally the Pac-12 networks has got Notre Dame. It's it's quite a quite a uh, a switch from what we've seen for the last eleven years. And the uh, Larry a gift final gift from Larry Scott. I mean, this is this is uh, what he wanted. But all no. the Notre Dame fans that I know are pissed off. Because they're yep. like, how do I get the Pac-12 network? And I'm like, well, here's what you need to do, you know. And it's it's this big thing that you know they're they're going to discover the pain of the Pac-12 fan. If you're a diehard Irish fan, you're probably not you're not going to be able to easily find this game. But um, can Stanford play play close to Notre Dame? Can they play within that 25 and a half point spread in your book? I think so. I don't know that Notre Dame's got quite enough offense to I you know I I feel like Stanford will score 14 17 points and so does Notre Dame have enough offense to get into the 40s I don't know cuz you know that this is not exactly a big game for them they're not really playing for anything no playoff at stake so I think Stanford will close this could be a backdoor cover but boy that's so many points for a for a home team to have yeah. I've got Stanford but I don't feel great about it Yeah I I I like Stanford in the points I think Notre Dame wins I I don't think Notre Dame is going to get beyond about 28 in this game. It's got like 28-7, 28-10 written all over it for me. That's I think that's the way Notre Dame wants to play, wants to win. And for that reason, 25 and a half, that is awfully attractive to yep. me. So I'll take Stanford in the points as well. Cal and UCLA, the final regular season Pac-12 game. Is that se- taps I hear? 7.30 on ESPN. Uh, the worldwide leaders got it. Chip Kelly with a big win last week. Did he save his job? Leonard, let's talk about that for a second. Did Chip Kelly save his job by beating USC? I'm not sure because if they turn around and lose to Cal, he could be right back in the same position. I, I have never thought his job was, you know, super safe depending on how this season went because, you know, UCLA may want to change a, of leadership before it enters the the Big Ten. But certainly I think that, you know, for people to have thought before the SC game that Chip was going to get fired, that was premature. I mean, a lot of it, I think, is going to depend on how they finish here. And he's certainly got a big, a big win. If they now, if they beat Cal and they're eight and four, 
you know, because it's a little bit more difficult to to make a change. I think if they lose to Cal and they're seven and five, I don't know. Then then maybe they think they think about it. But certainly he 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 helped himself a little bit with that SC game. Yeah, and I think if you're Martin Jarman, the athletic director at UCLA, you know you know Chip's not his guy. He inherited him. You're going off to the Big Ten. But I don't think you have to go into this game rooting for Chip Kelly or against Chip Kelly if you're Jarmond. I think you just wait and see what happens and you react to, to this. Uh, you know, and, and to me, it matters if they do lose, how they lose. You know, because I think I think this game's going to be closer than the 9.5 point spread. I'll take Cal in the 9.5. I think Cal's playing for bowl eligibility. They're 5-6. and six. Yep. So I think this will be a really good game. I think Cal's going to be in this game. I will pick UCLA to win it, but Cal to cover. I'm with you. I think Cal is gonna. I, I think Cal's got a real good chance to win it outright because they are going to be playing for their postseason lives. I don't know what UCLA's motivation is going to be in this situation, you know, because they they just played their biggest game of the year, uh, and they don't have anything really at stake. So uh, I think it could be very close. Uh, and Cal has got for the first time. Cal's got some offense, right? Jake Spavadol, their new play caller, and Fernando Mendoza, their their freshman quarterback, they Cal can score, and it's been a long time since we were able to say that. And if you can score, you got a chance to win games on the road. So I've got Cal to cover as well, and I, I, I think UCLA will win, but I would not be at all surprised if the Bears pull this thing out and get bowl eligible. I will be at the Civil War game, but let me just ask you this. What game do you think is going to be the best game, the most competitive, best, most interesting game of the weekend? Well, that's a great question because every one of these games, the spreads are double, basically double digits, right? Cal's nine and a half. You, you essentially got what six games. Every one of them is double digits. That's that's bananas, considering that it's a rivalry week. Considering it's the last week of the season, so I certainly hope, just as a, a fan of of good football and competitive football. I certainly hope the bookies are wrong somewhere here, and at least one of these games is close. If I had to pick one that I thought was good, I mean, it would probably be Cal UCLA. I think yeah. has got the best chance of going down to the wire. I, I, there's to me, there's the Oregon State Oregon game's interesting because I'm just not quite sure emotionally, mentally, psychologically, I'm not sure where Oregon State is. And if Oregon State is as focused as they were when they were playing their best football. This could be a game at Autzen Stadium, but I just feel the way Oregon has played after Week 7, you have to look at Oregon and go, hey, they're playing the best football in the conference. They're at home, so I can't pick Oregon State to win that game. There's just no way. I think the the uh, the opportunity for Oregon State was last week against Washington, and there's no way I can see Washington State winning. I don't see Arizona State be upsetting Arizona. Colorado's not going to beat Utah in Utah. Um, you know, could Stanford hang around Notre Dame? Maybe, but I'm I'm with you, Cal UCLA. I think that's the, I think that's the closest game. Well, I think we got uh, next next uh, on our to do list is probably eating turkey at this point, huh? Let's get some turkey. What time do you football. guys have your turkey dinner? It, when it's done, <laughs> when the turkey's done, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna Traeger the turkey. So if you're out there listening and you're a Traeger expert. You gonna give me some insight into what you do to prepare your bird? We're gonna uh, we're gonna smoke that baby this year. So I don't uh, even know what that is. You put it. The Traeger is you know it's basically a smoker. It's a pellet smoker. And so, yeah, if you are a uh, person who has smoked your turkey, uh, I want some insight from you. You know where to find me. But I'll, I you know I consider deep frying the turkey. Wilner, have you ever seen that? I've seen it. I don't want any part of it. <laughs> yeah, I looked at it 
uh, I was thinking about it, and then I went online and I looked at some of the uh, problems that people have when they are trying to when they're <laughs> when they're trying to deep fry the turkey, and it basically ends up in a really bad situation where the fire department is coming to your house. Uh, we don't want that. <laughs> we don't want that. So, not gonna deep fry. <laughs> Not going to deep fry the turkey. Two, yes, two things I am not thankful for, deep fried turkey and turducken. You ever had a turducken? No. Yeah, me neither. My wife I wanted to do two to turkeys, thing. and she said she was trying to get, like, two 10- or 11-pound turkeys. And I'm like, that's not a turkey. That's, a, that's like a chicken. Don't You can't do that. So <laughs> we ended up, um, she got two, she got a 13-pound and a 14-pound turkey. We're going to Traeger one. We're going to do the other one in the oven, and we're going to have way too much as it pertains to leftovers, but everybody knows. I'm going to want a full report on the Traeger situation next week. All right. We'll get that report. I want everybody to have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And again, remember our sponsor, Pacific Seafood, pacificseafood.com. Use the promo code Konzano and Wilner at checkout. You get 12% off your your purchase. You can, they will ship to uh, all your friends and family if you'd like to do a Cool thing for someone else this holiday season. Ship them some Pacific seafood. It'll uh, it'll be a hit, and you will be uh, you'll be remembered for that. Uh, for Wilner, I'm John Canzano. You can find me at johnconzano.com. You can read him at pack12hotline.com. Thanks everybody for listening. Thanks so much. Have a great holiday.